Chapter Twenty Nine of The Imperialist by Sarah Jeanette Duncan. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Bruce Peary. The South Fox fight was almost over. Three days only remained before the polling booths would be open, and the voters of the towns of Elgin and Clayfield and the surrounding townships would once again be invited to make their choice between a liberal and a conservative representative of the district in the Dominion House of Commons. The ground had never been more completely covered, every inch of advantage more stubbornly held by either side in the political history of the riding. There was no doubt of the hope that sat behind the deprecation in Walter Winter's eye, nor of the anxiety that showed through the confidence freely expressed by the liberal leaders. The issue would be no foregone conclusion, as it had been practically any time within the last eleven years, and as Horace Williams remarked to the select lot that met pretty frequently at the express office for consultation and rally, they had no use for any sort of carelessness it was undeniably felt that the new idea the great idea whose putative fatherhood in canada certainly lay at the door of the liberal party had drawn in fewer supporters than might have been expected in england wallingham wearing it like a medal seemed to be courting political excommunication with it except that wallingham was so hard to effectively curse the ex-minister deserved clearly any ban that could be put upon him no sort of remonstrance could hold him from going about openly and persistently exhorting people to think imperially a liberty which as is well known the holy cobdenite church supreme in those islands expressly forbids wallingham appeared to think that by teaching and explaining he could help his fellow islanders to see further than the length of their fists and exorcise from them the spirit only a century and a quarter older and a trifle more sophisticated that lost them the american colonies but so far little had transpired to show that wallingham was stronger than nature and destiny there had been wallingham meetings of remarkable enthusiasm his supporters called them epoch-making as if epochs were made of shears but the working man of great britain was declaring stolidly in the by-elections against any favor to colonial produce at his expense thereby showing himself one of those humble instruments that providence uses for the downfall of arrogant empires it will be thus no doubt that the working man will explain in the future his eminent usefulness to the government of his country and it will be in these terms that the cost of educating him by means of the ballot will be demonstrated meanwhile we may look on and cultivate philosophy or we may make war upon the gods with mr wallingham which is perhaps the better part that to turn from recrimination was what they saw in canada looking across the queerest thing of all was the recalcitrance of the farm laborer they could only stare at that and it may be that the spectacle was depressing to hopeful initiative at all events it was plain that the new policy was suffering from a certain flatness on the further side as a ballon d'essai it lacked buoyancy and no doubt mr farquharson was right in declaring that above all things it lacked actuality business the proposition in good set terms for men to turn over to accept or reject 
nothing could be done with it mr farquharson averred as a mere prospect it was useful only to its enemies we of the young countries must be invited to deeds not theories of which we have a restless impatience and this particular theory though of golden promise was beginning to recoil to some extent upon the cause which had been confident enough to adopt it before it could be translated into action and its hard equivalent the elgin mercury probably overstated the matter when it said that the grits were dead sick of the preference they would never get but horace williams was quite within the mark when he advised lorne to stick to old reform principles clean administration generous railway policy sympathetic labor legislation and freeze himself a little on imperial love and attachment they're not so sweet on it in ottawa as they were by a long shot he said look at the premier's speech to the chambers of commerce in montreal pretty plain statement that of a few things the british government needn't expect oh i don't know said lorne he was talking to manufacturers you know a pretty skittish lot anywhere it sounded independent but if you look into it you won't find it gave the cause away any the old man's got to think of quebec where his fat little majority lives remarked bingham chairman of the most difficult subdivision in the town the premier of this country drives a team you know yes said lorne but he drives it tandem and johnny francois is the second horse maybe so returned mr williams but the organ's singing pretty small too look at this he picked up the dominion from the office table and read aloud if great britain wishes to do a deal with the colonies she will find them willing to meet her in a spirit of fairness and enthusiasm but it is for her to decide and canada would be the last to force her bread down the throat of the british laborer at a higher price than he can afford to pay for it what's that my boy is it high-mindedness no sir it's lukewarmness the dominion makes me sick said young murchison it's so scared of the tory source of the scheme in england that it's handing the whole boom of the biggest chance this country ever had over to the tories here if anything will help us to lose it that will no conservative government in canada can put through a cent of preference on english goods when it comes to the touch and they know it they are full of loyalty just now baying the moon but if anybody opens a window they'll turn tail fast enough i guess the dominion knows it too said mr williams when great britain is quite sure she's ready to do business on preference lines it's the liberal party on this side she'll have to talk to no use showing ourselves too anxious you know besides it might do harm over there we're all right we're on record wallingham knows as well as we do the lines we're open on he's heard them from canadian liberals more than once when they get good and ready they can let us know jolly them up with it at your meetings by all means advised bingham but use it as a kind of superfluous taffy don't make it your main layout the reform association of south fox had no more energetic officer than bingham 
though as he sat on the edge of the editorial table chewing portions of the margin of that afternoon's express and drawling out maxims to the liberal candidate you might not have thought so he was explaining that he had been in this business for years and had never had a job that gave him so much trouble we'll win out he said but the canvas isn't any christmas joy not this time there's jim whalen he told them we all know what jim is a tory from way back where they make em so they last and a soaker from way back too one day on his job and two days sleepin off his whiskey now we don't need jim whalen's vote never did need it but the boys have generally been able to see that one of those two days was election day there's no necessity for jim's putting in his paper a character like that no necessity at all he'd much better be comfortable in bed this time i'm darned if the old boozer hasn't sworn off tells the boys he's on to their game and there's no liquor in this town that's good enough to get him to lose his vote wouldn't get drunk on champagne he's held out for ten days already and it looks like winter'd take his cross all right on thursday i guess i'd let him have it bingham said lord murchison with a kind of tolerant deprecation void of offence the only manner in which he knew how to convey disapproval to the older man the boys in your division are a pretty tough lot anyhow we don't want the other side getting hold of any monkey tricks it's necessary to win this election young man said bingham lawfully you won't have any trouble with my bunch it was not as will be imagined the first discussion so late in the day of the value of the preference trade argument to the liberal campaign they had all realized after the first few weeks that their young candidate was a trifle overbitten with it though remonstrance had been a good deal curbed by murchison's treatment of it when he had brought it forward at the late fall fairs and in the lonely country schoolhouses his talk had been so trenchant so vivid and pictorial that the gathered farmers listened with open mouths like children pathetically used with life to a grown-up fairy tale as horace williams said if a dead horse could be made to go this one would have brought murchison romping in and lorne had taken heed to the counsel of his party leaders at joint meetings which offered the enemy his best opportunity for travesty and derision he had left it in the background of debate devoting himself to arguments of more immediate utility in the literature of the campaign it glowed with prospective benefit but vaguely like a halo of liberal conception and possible achievement waiting for the word from overseas the express still approved it but not in headlines and wished the fact to be widely understood that while the imperial idea was a very big idea the liberals of south fox were going to win this election without any assistance from it lorne submitted after all victory was the thing there could be no conquest for the idea without the party triumph first he submitted but his heart rebelled 
he looked over the subdivisional reports with williams and farquharson and gave ear to their warning interpretations but his heart was an optimist and turned always to the splendid projection upon the future that was so incomparably the title to success of those who would unite to further it his mind accepted the old working formulas for dealing with an average electorate but to his eager apprehending heart it seemed unbelievable that the great imperial possibility the dramatic chance for the race that hung even now in the history of the world between the rising and the setting of the sun should fail to be perceived and acknowledged as the paramount issue the contingency which made the by-election of south fox an extraordinary and momentous affair he believed in the idea he saw it with wallingham not only a glorious prospect but an educative force and never had he a moment of such despondency that it confounded him upon his horizon in the faded colours of some old elizabethan mirage the opera house the night of mr murchison's final address to the electors of south fox was packed from floor to ceiling and a large and patient overflow made the best of the hearing accommodation of the corridors and the foyer a minister was to speak sir matthew tellier who held the portfolio of public works and for drawing a crowd in elgin there was nothing to compare with a member of the government he was the sum of all ambition and the centre of all importance he was held to have achieved in the loftiest sense and probably because he deserved to a kind of afflatus sat upon him they paid him real deference and they flocked to hear him cruikshank was a second attraction and lorne himself even at this stage of the proceedings drew without abatement they knew young murchison well enough he had gone in and out among them all his life yet since he had come before them in this new capacity a curious interest had gathered about him people looked at him as if he had developed something they did not understand and perhaps he had he was in touch with the idea they listened with an intense personal interest in him which no doubt went to obscure what he said perhaps a less absorbing personality would have carried the idea further however they did look and listen that was the main point and on their last opportunity they were in the opera house in great numbers lorne faced them with an enviable security the friendliness of the meeting was in the air the gathering was almost entirely of one political complexion the conservatives of the town would have been glad enough to turn out to hear minister tellier but the liberals were of no mind to gratify them at the cost of having to stand themselves and were on hand early to assert a prior moral claim to chairs in the seated throng lorne could pick out the fine head of his father and his mother's face bright with anticipation beside advina was there too and stella and the boys would have a perch not too conspicuous somewhere in the gallery dr drummond was in the second row and a couple of strange ladies with him he was chuckling with uncommon humour at some remark of the younger one when lorne noted him 
old sandy mcquat was in a good place had been since six o'clock and peter mcfarlane too for that matter though peter sat away back as beseemed a modest functionary whose business was with the book and the bell altogether as horace williams leaned over to tell him it was like a knox church sociable he could feel completely at home and though the audience was by no means confined to knox church lorne did feel at home dora milburn's countenance he might perhaps have missed but dora was absent by arrangement mr milburn as the fight went on had shown himself so increasingly bitter to the point of writing letters in the mercury attacking wallingham and the liberal leaders of south fox that his daughter felt an insurmountable delicacy in attending even lorne's big meeting alfred hesketh meant to have gone but it was ten by the milburns drawing-room clock before he remembered miss filken actually did go and brought home a great report of it miss filken would no more have missed a minister than she would a bishop but she was the only one lorne had prepared for this occasion for a long time it was certain to come the day of the supreme effort when he should make his final appeal under the most favorable circumstances that could be devised when the harassing work of the campaign would be behind him and nothing would remain but the luxury of one last strenuous call to arms the glory of that anticipation had been with him from the beginning and in the beginning he saw his great moment only in one character for weeks while he plodded through the details of the benefits south fox had received and might expect to receive at the hands of the liberal party he privately stored argument on argument piled phrase on phrase still further to advance and defend the imperial unity of his vision on this certain and special opportunity his jihad it would be for the faith and purpose of his race so he scanned it and heard it with conviction hot in him and impulse strong and intention noble then uneasiness had arisen as we know and under steady pressure he had daily drawn himself from these high intentions persuaded by bingham and the rest that they were not yet in shape to talk about so that his address on this memorable evening would have a different stamp from the one he designed in the early burning hours of his candidature he had postponed those matters under advice to the hour of practical dealing when a government which it would be his privilege to support would consider and carry them he put the notes of his original speech away in his office desk with solicitude it was indeed very thorough a grand marshalling of the facts and review of the principles involved and pigeonholed it in the chambers of his mind with the good hope to bring it forth another day then he devoted his attention to the history of liberalism in fox county both ridings were solid and it was upon the history of liberalism in fox county its triumphs and its fruits that he embarked so easily and so assuredly when he opened his address in the opera house that tuesday night who knows at what suggestion or even precisely at what moment the fabric of his sincere intention fell away 
bingham does not mr farquharson has the vaguest idea dr drummond declares that he expected it from the beginning but is totally unable to say why i can get nothing more out of them though they were all there though they all saw him indeed a dramatic figure standing for the youth and energy of the old blood and heard him as he slipped away into his great preoccupation as he made what bingham called his bad break his very confidence may have accounted for it he was off guard against the enemy and the more completely off guard against himself the history of liberalism in fox county offered no doubt some inlet to the rush of the idea for suddenly mr farquharson says he was off mr farquharson was on the platform and i can tell you said he i pricked up my ears they all did the idea came in upon such a personal note i claim it my great good fortune the young man was suddenly telling them in a note of curious gravity and concentration and however the fight goes i shall always claim it my great good fortune to have been identified at a critical moment with the political principles that are ennobled in this country by the imperialistic aim an intention a great purpose in the endless construction and reconstruction of the world will choose its own agency and the imperial design in canada has chosen the liberal party because the liberal party in this country is the party of the soil the land the nation as it springs from that which makes it a nation and imperialism is intensely and supremely a national affair ours is the policy of the fields we stand for the wheat-belt and the stockyard the forest and the mine as the basic interests of the country we stand for the principles that make for nation-building by the slow sweet processes of the earth cultivating the individual rooted man who draws his essence and his tissues from the soil and so by unhurried natural healthy growth labor sweating his vices out of him forms the character of the commonwealth the foundation of the state so the imperial idea seeks its canadian home in liberal councils the imperial idea is far-sighted england has outlived her own body apart from her heart and her history england is an area where certain trades are carried on still carried on in the scrolls of the future it is already written that the centre of the empire must shift and where if not to canada there was a half-comprehending burst of applause dr drummond's the first clap it was a curious change from the simple colloquial manner in which young murchison had begun and to which the audience were accustomed and on this account probably they stamped the harder they applauded lorne himself something from him infected them they applauded being made to feel like that they would clap first and consider afterward john murchison smiled with pleasure but shook his head bingham doubled up and clapping like a repeating rifle groaned aloud under cover of it to horace williams 
oh the darned kid a certain liberal peer of blessed political memory lorne continued with a humorous twist of his mouth on one of those graceful elegant academic occasions which offer political peers such happy opportunities of getting in their work over there had lately a vision which he described to his university audience of what might have happened if the american colonies had remained faithful to great britain a vision of monarch and ministers government and parliament departing solemnly for the other hemisphere they did not so remain so the noble peer may conjure up his vision or dismiss his nightmare as he chooses and it is safe to prophesy that no port of the united states will see that entry but remembering that the greater half of the continent did remain faithful the northern and strenuous half destined to move with sure steps and steady mind to greater growth and higher place among the nations than any of us can now imagine would it be as safe to prophesy that such a momentous sailing day will never be more than the after-dinner fantasy of aristocratic rhetoric is it not at least as easy to imagine that even now while the people of england send their viceroys to the ends of the earth and vote careless millions for a reconstructed army and sit in the wrecks of cabinets disputing whether they will eat our bread or the strangers the sails may be filling in the far harbor of time which will bear their descendants to a representative share of the duties and responsibilities of empire in the capital of the dominion of canada it was the boldest proposition and the liberal voters of the town of elgin blinked a little looking at it still they applauded hurriedly to get it over and hear what more might be coming bingham on the platform laughed heartily and conspicuously as if anybody could see that it was all an excellent joke lorne half turned to him with a gesture of protest then he went on if that transport ever left the shores of england we would go far some of us to meet it but for all the purposes that matter most it sailed long ago british statesmen could bring us nothing better than the ideals of british government and those we have had since we levied our first tax and made our first law that precious cargo was our heritage and we never threw it overboard but chose rather to render what impost it brought and there are those who say that the impost has been heavy though never a dollar was paid he paused for an instant and seemed to review and take account of what he had said he was hopelessly adrift from the subject he had proposed to himself launched for better or for worse upon the scheme that was subliminal in him and had flowed up on which he was launched and almost rudderless without construction and without control the speech of his first intention orderly developed was as far from him as the history of liberalism in fox county for an instant he hesitated and then under the suggestion no doubt of that ancient misbehavior in boston harbor at which he had hinted he took up another argument 
I will quote him a little. Let us hold, he said simply, to the empire. Let us keep this patrimony which has been ours for three hundred years. Let us not forget the flag. We believe ourselves at this moment in no danger of forgetting it. The day after Pardeburg, that still winter day, did not our hearts rise within us to see it shaken out with its message everywhere, shaken out against the snow, how it spoke to us and lifted us the silent flag in the new fallen snow, theirs and ours. That was but a little while ago, and there is not a man here who will not bear me out in saying that we were never more loyal in word and deed than we are now, and that very state of things has created for us an undermining alternative. So long as no force appeared to improve the trade relations between England and this country, Canada sought in vain to make commercial bargains with the United States they would have none of us or our produce they kept their wall just as high against us as against the rest of the world not a pine plank or a bushel of barley could we get over under a reciprocal arrangement but the imperial trade idea has changed the attitude of our friends to the south they have small liking for any scheme which will improve trade between great britain and canada because trade between great britain and canada must be improved at their expense and now you cannot take up an american paper without finding the report of some commercial association demanding closer trade relations with canada or an american magazine in which some far-sighted economist is not urging the same thing they see us thinking about keeping the business in the family with that hard american common sense that has made them what they are they accept the situation and at this moment they are ready to offer us better terms to keep our trade bingham horace williams and mr farquharson applauded loudly their young man frowned a little and squared his chin he was past hints of that kind and that he went on to say is on the surface a very satisfactory state of things no doubt a bargain between the americans and ourselves could be devised which would be a very good bargain on both sides in the absence of certain pressing family affairs it might be as well worth our consideration as we used to think it before we were invited to the family council but if anyone imagines that any degree of reciprocity with the united states could be entered upon without killing the idea of british preference trade for all time let him consider what canada's attitude toward that idea would be to-day if the americans had consented to our proposals twenty-five years ago and we were invited to make an imperial sacrifice of the american trade that had prospered as it would have prospered for a quarter of a century i doubt whether the proposition would even be made to us but the alternative before canada is not a mere choice of markets we are confronted with a much graver issue in this matter of dealing with our neighbor our very existence is involved if we would preserve ourselves as a nation 
it has become our business not only to reject american overtures in favour of the overtures of our own great england but to keenly watch and actively resist american influence as it already threatens us through the common channels of life and energy we often say that we fear no invasion from the south but the armies of the south have already crossed the border american enterprise american capital is taking rapid possession of our mines and our water-power our oil areas and our timber limits in today's dominion one paper alone you may read of charters granted to five industrial concerns with headquarters in the united states the trades unions of the two countries are already international american settlers are pouring into the wheat belt of the northwest and when the dominion of canada has paid the hundred million dollars she has just voted for a railway to open up the great lone northern lands between quebec and the pacific it will be the american farmer and the american capitalist who will reap the benefit they approach us to-day with all the arts of peace commercial missionaries to the ungathered harvests of neglected territories but the day may come when they will menace our coasts to protect their markets unless by firm resolved whole-hearted action now we keep our opportunities for our own people they cheered him promptly and a gathered intensity came into his face at the note of praise nothing on earth can hold him now said bingham as he crossed his arms upon a breast seething with practical politics and waited for the worst the question of the hour for us said lord murchison to his fellow-townsmen curbing the strenuous note in his voice is deeper than any balance of trade can indicate wider than any department of statistics can prove we cannot calculate it in terms of pig-iron or reduce it to any formula of consumption the question that underlies this decision for canada is that of the whole stamp and character of her future existence is that stamp and character to be impressed by the american republic effacing he smiled a little the old queen's head and the new king's oath or is it to be our own stamp and character acquired in the rugged discipline of our colonial youth and developed in the national usage of the british empire dr drummond clapped alone everybody else was listening it is ours he told them in this greater half of the continent to evolve a nobler ideal the americans from the beginning went in a spirit of revolt the seed of disaffection was in every puritan bosom we from the beginning went in a spirit of amity forgetting nothing disavowing nothing to plant the flag with our fortunes we took our very constitution our very chart of national life from england her laws her liberty her equity were good enough for us we have lived by them some of us have died by them and thank god we were long poor and this republic he went on hotly this republic that menaces our national life with commercial extinction what past has she that is comparable 
the daughter who left the old stock to be the light woman among nations welcoming all comers mingling her pure blood polluting her lofty ideals until it is hard indeed to recognize the features and the aims of her honorable youth allowance will be made for the intemperance of his figure he believed himself you see at the bar for the life of a nation let us not hesitate to announce ourselves for the empire to throw all we are and all we have into the balance for that great decision the seers of political economy tell us that if the stars continue to be propitious it is certain that a day will come which will usher in a union of the anglo-saxon nations of the world as between england and the united states the prominent partner in that firm will be the one that brings canada so that the imperial movement of the hour may mean even more than the future of the motherland may reach even farther than the boundaries of great britain again he paused and his eye ranged over their listening faces he had them all with him his words were vivid in their minds the truth of them stood about him like an atmosphere even bingham looked at him without reproach but he had done ladies and gentlemen he said his voice dropping with a hint of tiredness to another level i have the honor to stand for your suffrages as candidate in the liberal interest for the riding of south fox in the dominion house of commons the day after to-morrow i solicit your support and i hereby pledge myself to justify it by every means in my power but it would be idle to disguise from you that while i attach all importance to the immediate interests in charge of the liberal party and if elected shall use my best efforts to further them the great task before that party in my opinion the overshadowing task to which i shall hope in my place and degree to stand committed from the beginning is the one which i have endeavored to bring before your consideration this evening they gave him a great appreciation and mr cruikshank following spoke in complimentary terms of the eloquent appeal made by the young and vigorous protagonist of the imperial cause but proceeded to a number of quite other and apparently more important grounds why he should be elected the honorable mr tellier's speech the minister was always kept to the last was a defense of the recent dramatic development of the government's railway policy and a reminder of the generous treatment elgin was receiving in the estimates for the following year thirty thousand dollars for a new drill hall and fifteen thousand for improvements to the post office it was a telling speech with the chink of hard cash in every sentence a kind of audit by a chartered accountant of the liberal books of south fox showing good sound reason why the liberal candidate should be returned on thursday if only to keep the balance right the audience listened with practical satisfaction that's tellier all over they said to one another the effect in committee of what in spite of the honorable mr tellier's participation i must continue to call the speech of the evening 
may be gathered from a brief colloquy between mr bingham and mr williams in the act of separating at the door of the opera-house i don't know what it was worth to preference trade said bingham but it wasn't worth a hill of beans to his own election he had as soft a snap returned horace williams on the brink of tears as soft a snap as anybody ever had in this town and he's monkeyed it all away all away both the local papers published the speech in full the following day if there's anything in manchester or birmingham that mr lorne murchison would like commented the mercury editorially we understand he has only to call for it End of chapter 29